and it was beautiful because it's springtime. It's, you know, the, the temperatures are higher. Uh, we're in like in a 70, 80 degree range up here in the DMV. Hallelujah. The, the, uh, the, uh, the flowers are blooming. Amen. Bless the trees the Jesus. are budding. Hallelujah. We are alive. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm too excited. We are alive. We are alive. We are alive. Forgive me for my excitement. But anyway, God is good. Um, there is so much beautiful things happening in the world once we get past those who want to promote darkness and evil and drudgery in the world. If you get past, you got to kind of scoop all that negativity out of your sight. And once you kind of pull the curtain of negativity back, you will, oh my God, you will see a tremendous level of glory, of splendor, of clear vision. Just pull back those curtains that the world tries to put in front of you, which has a screen of darkness and evil and drudgery and pain and suffering and demonism and all that stuff. Just pull those curtains back. Amen. Just how you open a window, you know, we can know in the morning time, you look in these old English movies and other ones, you will see that in the early mornings, they will just pull the shades back, uh, the blinds back, and the persons who was resting, they will see the glorious shine of the sun coming into the room, touching us. Even yesterday, I got a chance, it was exciting, I don't do this rarely, but I got a chance to sunbathe through the window yesterday. And when the heat of the sun the glory and the warmth that comes, it helps restore the bones. It helps just revive the skin. It helps do so many things. So once we pull those curtains back, hallelujah, of what the world is trying to obscure from us, the glory of God, the world is trying to obscure the glory of God from us. When we pull those curtains back, we will see his radiance come towards us. His radiance will bring healing. His radiance will bring life. His radiance will bring hope. His radiance that comes in through the window, the division of your life. The eyes of the window to the soul. When he comes in with his rays of shine, so many things about your own self will feel better. Mm -hmm. Your relations will feel better. We're talking about breaking barriers to relational wellness. Hallelujah. We're in part five. So what is that barrier? Think about the barrier like a curtain, you know, that's drawn back. And then you can see the angels working. You can see the Lord at work. You can see all the greatness that he is doing, that he's planning. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither had to enter into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. Say that again. Man, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man. The heart. God is opening up windows so our heart can see the glory of the Lord preparing for us. We just had like the, the, the landscape services. They came in and remulched and they cut the grass back. They trimmed back some of the, the branches from the house and everything. And the neighborhood looks so fresh. If this is in the natural, think about what God is doing for your spring. Think about what God is doing for your spring. He is pruning back those layers. He's pulling back those branches that kind of come and obscure and try to brush against the house. He's remulching. He's refertilizing. Hallelujah. Go, prophet. He is landscaping your life. He is landscaping your life. Oh, yeah. Godscaping. 
Godscaping. Godscaping. Godscaping. God is working on the landscape of your vision, of your life, of your wellness, of everything about you. Praise God. Amen. So we're talking about breaking barriers. We from we breaking up in today. Hallelujah. Oh my God. I feel like running. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is good. He's amazing. Um, just he restoreth my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It also says, I will lay down in green pastures. Think about the pastures God landscapes for us. Mm-hmm. One of my friends in, in Virginia has a farm, and she took a picture of the landscape over her farm, and it was just, oh, profoundly beautiful. If that's the natural, open your eyes. Oh, pull the curtains. Pull the, the salve off your spiritual eyes and see the glory of the Lord working for you. Mm. <laughs> so say a moment. My Jesus. Just take a moment in your time, wherever you are, sitting in your chair, in your car, wherever you may be. Just take a, t- a moment to open your spiritual eyes to pull back the layers of whatever the enemy is trying to obscure in your life and see the glory of God is preparing and providing for you. Mm-hmm. Jesus, amen. Amen. We just, we just declare into that right now that the landscape that God is setting in order, that you will receive that landscape that you will receive the newness, Mm. that you will receive the freshness, that you will receive the positive, open-hearted intentions of God in your life. Mm. Somebody, I just just sense this, that somebody is about to get an upgrade Mm. in their living situation. Mm. And so I don't know who is on but I hear the Holy Spirit saying, if you will grab hold to that word, that you are going to see an upgrade in your living situation even before this year is out. Mm. And it's not going to be by your power or by your might, but it's going to be by the Spirit. Make sure you come back and share that testimony with us. Hallelujah. All right, breaking some barriers. God breaking in hard today. He's coming in, He's trying to break up those walls. Of offense, those walls of things that I feel prophetic today. He is breaking down those walls. Jesus Christ, in his great sacrifice, broke down that middle wall of partition. Yes. Religious environment trying to control things about God. Jesus came in and broke the barriers. Amen. He broke the vision barriers. He broke the sound barriers. He broke the soul barriers. Oh my God. What a friend we have in Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeshua HaMashiach, mm-hmm. as we should say, hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Relations, we talked about it. We talked about it. You go back to our series. We're on part five of this. If you look at part two, we really define relations. It's when people are connected. We are connected with Christ. We are joint heirs with Christ. Hallelujah. We, he's our big brother. 
Everybody that want to name drop some kind of name, want to name drop, you know, like, you know, these socialites that are billionaires. They want to name drop, you know, the technical billionaires. They want to name drop presidential leaders. But name drop your big brother Jesus. Amen. That's the greatest name drop. Hello. That's the name drop you need to be dropping in your life. Because he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings. All spiritual blessings. Don't profit. And you're not afraid to name drop his name when you have relationship with him, when you have connection with him. We don't want to drop his name and we don't know his personhood. Amen? Mm. So I just want to say happy Palm Sunday uh, to those of you who are uh, celebrating that triumphant time where Jesus makes his triumphant entry and Jesus' relationship with Israel was about to change. Mm. So we acknowledge that on today as we look at this relational connection. Look at this here. I'm, this is just off script, but it's on spirit. So praise <laughs> God. Let's look at uh, Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 3. Mm, 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 mm. Chapter 1, Ephesians 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Relations, number 1. Who hath blessed us, relations, number 2, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, our big brother. Hallelujah. According... As he has chosen us, relations, he chose us, relations, in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy. Holy is the lamb. Alita Adams, we were listening to her last night. Holy is the lamb. Holy is the lamb. Holy are we, okay, it says, we should be holy and without blame. People try to blame you for everything. Want to blame you for being black. Want to blame you for being women. Want to blame you for being A, B, C, and D, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, O, P. All these things. But we are without blame before him in love relations. We're talking about love. Love, 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 love. We are going into today talking about the next installment of our series, The Layers of Love. So when we look at this love, this love having predestined us unto, excuse me, uh, having predestined us unto adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure. You hear that word? Pleasure. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Well, let's go back to good. Because God thought it was a good thing for you to be chosen. My God. He thought it was a good thing for you to enter into the kingdom. Mm. He didn't look at you like, you know, sometimes our, our parents look at us, right? Mm. He, didn't, he didn't give you the side eye. He didn't roll his eyes and, and wish you had, had not been here. He didn't speak um, negatively over you, right? Mm. He said, it's my good pleasure to bring you into the kingdom. It's my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Mm. And when we see our father, right, in the right perspective, in the right mindset, it makes us want to run into that relationship. Mm -hmm. And so if you have a, a relationship with your natural father that doesn't necessarily line up with God, the father, that may be a barrier to your relational wellness with the father. 
But that's why you have to dig into the word and find out what kind of father is this? Is this a father that abuses his sons or is this a father that entreats his sons to come? Come be with me. Come sit with me. Come ask me for what you need and I will be the provider for you. It's my good pleasure. I want to do this. God wants to give you the kingdom. He wants to give it to you. He's not withholding inheritance from you. Some of us might not have ever experienced a parental relationship like that. But God says, if you lacked it in this life, if you lacked it in the natural, I can bring such a relationship between us that you will not, um, you will not hurt the way you did before. Mm-hmm. That void that was happening in your, in your natural situation with understanding parenthood, God can come in and he can bring wholeness and he can bring healing to your life in the area of parental relationship and parental wellness. And so, again, we got to go back to what is the father saying about me? Not what somebody's trying to tell me, but if I dig in this word, what is the father saying? How does the father want to approach me and how does he want me to approach him Hmm. and he doesn't want me to do it as a servant he wants me to do it and be able to come to him as a son manifest sons i mean come on look at this all everyone has sinned and come short of the glory of god but guess what he so loved the world that he decided to choose us anywho Anyhow, excuse me, anyhow, in all of our failure, in humanity, the epic fail of humanity, even from the Garden of Eden, the epic fail of humanity in the days of Noah, the epic fail of humanity in the days of Egypt, and the, and the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and the enslavement of, of the Hebrews, the epic failure of man in the days of Christ walking the earth, the epic failure of man in the days of shallow slavery in Western civilization, the epic failure of man in the days of republicanism, destroying the lives of people, greed, politics, going left and right, people going awry with what God is. But God says, you are holy, you are without blame. Don't let people blame you for your existence on the planet. Mm-hmm. People will say, oh, you are savage, or you are illegal, or you are beneath this, or you're second to this, or you're second to that, or you're not worthy of our support of you. But that's not what the good father says. He adopts us, and he sees good pleasure in adopting us, and he connects us with Jesus Christ. That's if you want it. He's a good, good father. This is his report. We said that relations 
in the in the you look at some of the entomology of relations, it was correspondence. It was co the act of telling, restoring. What is the report? This is the report. This is the act of God telling us that He is related to us, that He wants us, and He wants to embrace us, love us, care for us, and bless us beyond measure. And so we're going to ask today that you deprogram your mind because some people have this mindset that God is out to get them. They have a mindset that God is out to kill them, that God is out to beat them, that God is out to pummel them, and the exact opposite is true. But if you haven't heard the good news, we're here to declare it today. Amen. So in look at let me keep reading this in, in first I mean uh, Ephesians one, uh, chapter chapter one, and I'm down at verse five. Having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted. In the beloved. Many people don't feel accepted today. Mm -hmm. I spent so many years of my childhood not feeling accepted by social norms. Always teased on, picked on, four eyes, long legs, bony, bird chest, all tank head, all those different things. And that stuff hurts. When you're taunted all your, you know, throughout childhood, when you're taunted by whatever situation that comes about, particularly in social settings, when you're declared a second-class citizen, where you're not even established yourself as being a citizen, when people are trying to do everything in the law they can to take away your right to vote, your right to vote, saying that your word and your pen is not accepted to us. Listen here. God said you are accepted in the beloved. Prophet. And if you look at our society today, you can almost trace the crime, the deficits, back to this concept of acceptance. Somebody felt isolated. Somebody felt left out. Somebody felt dejected whether it was a childhood thing or whether it was a young adult thing, something happened that distorted their perception of their acceptance in this society. And so acceptance is not something that, that thank God, that the father does not look past. He sees the ones who are not accepted and he calls them in as his own. If we look at all of the different examples that we see in scripture, right? We see sons who are not accepted. We see women who are not accepted. We see people who are outcasts and Lame. Jesus is drawn who, where to the outcast. <sighs> he goes to the lower classes of society, the lower caste of society. And he says, you're accepted. 
I don't care if you're lame, you're accepted. I don't care if you have leprosy, you're accepted. I don't care if you had five husbands and the one you with is not yours right now, you're accepted. So we've, we've got to embrace this part of the father that accepts all, not just the ones who come to him, but the ones he per- pursues after. Mm. Because remember, he chose us. <laughs> we always say, we, you know, we, we sing, come to Jesus, come to Jesus just now, right? He will save you. He mm. will save you just now. We say, come to Jesus. But the other part of that we really should be telling people is Jesus is coming to you. You are accepted in the beloved. So it's not one-sided. It's not just you running to Jesus, but it's 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 like that prodigal son, right? That when the father saw him afar off, the father went to what? Meet him. So he chooses us and he accepts us. He allows us to come. But he's also saying, I'm going to meet you there. See, religion will have a way to sandwich culture in its own self. Religion will say, I'm the bread on the top, I'm the bread on the bottom, and culture in the middle. And we cover everything. Even back in the days when he had to pick the turtle doves, we had to pick the best sheep. We had to pick all these things without spot, without blemish. And people took that aspect of presenting something holy before God as an offering as if you are unacceptable unto God because you have a blemish or you have this or you have that. That's not what God was intending. He said when you come to sacrifice to him, give him a perfect sacrifice. He doesn't mean that you yourself need to be perfect. God, listen, he loves us so much He sees our destiny. He knew us from before the foundation of the world. He knew where our failures would be. But he knows where he it sends us to. When we look, I look at like what Prophet Shante was saying about he comes after us. And I think about this. A lot of times, you know, people run races. And you're running and you can feel someone coming up to you. And you can feel the wind and the movement of something close to you. So there is a fresh wind that comes when God is chasing after you. You can feel that wind shift in your life to saying something good is coming after me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. We talked about last night with Prophet Shanta. We had our moment in, in song and talking about that song Running Back to You by Fred Hammond and how powerful that song was. But Jesus runs out. Think about the joy he has when he runs after us and he gets to embrace us and gets to shake off all that dejection, gets to shake off all that fear. Why you want to run from me? I'm only here to bless you. I'm running and I'm getting my cardio in so I can catch you to bless you so the blessings can overtake you. That's the kind of relation. That's going to barrier breaking. 
that the Spirit of the Lord says is there for you. Stop the self-sabotage. Forgive your own self mm -hmm. for failures or shortcomings that you put on your own self. Prophet. And to be clear, when we say forgive yourself, that really actually means allow the forgiveness of God to cover. Don't reject what God has sent. He says you, you don't have to make the sacrifice for your sin. Christ has done that. Mm. That's so good. That's so good. Stop trying to be the sacrifice for your sin. Some people, they can't get out of condemnation and guilt because they keep trying to roast themselves on the altar. And nothing that you can do, you can set yourself on fire. Nothing that you can do can deal with the consequences of sin. Only Christ's sacrifice can do it. So when you forgive yourself, you're saying, God, I allow what Christ has done to deal with the consequences of sin, I allow that to be payment. I allow that to cover my life. I allow that sacrifice to be the payment. Because humanity, humanity will make you pay for something Christ has already paid for. Oh my gosh. Ah. Humanity will never let you live down sin. But Christ will. <laughs> the Father will. He will say, bring it to me. Because I'm the only one who can expunge your record to begin with. I'm the only one who can clear the slate for you. You can't clear the slate for yourself. But when you forgive yourself, you're taking on that forgiveness that Christ has done. And you say, I'm moving out of this place of guilt. I'm moving out of this place of condemnation. I'm giving all of that and I'm laying it at the feet of Christ. Because he is the only one who can take our guilt, our shame, our condemnation. He's the only one that can do that. And if you are someone today that is living under the cloud of condemnation, I just, I just encourage you today to accept what Christ has already done. It's already done. It's already done. Hallelujah. See, even in the verses, it says in the very next verse, verse 7, verse 6 says, where he made us accepted in the beloved, Verse 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, mm -hmm. according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded towards us, in us, all wisdom. Stop right there. The riches of his what? <laughs> Grace. Let's run that back one more time. Run it back, Pastor. The riches of what? His grace. You mean um, 
His grace is worth more than the Bitcoin that everybody's chasing after. The riches of his grace. How rich is grace? Does anybody know the net worth of the grace of God? Can you calculate the net worth of God's grace? Does God's net worth run out at any time? Who is it that's telling you that God is bankrupt when it comes to grace for you, but he has an unlimited supply for them, but, oh, you, you ran out. There's nothing in the account for you. God don't bounce no checks. He doesn't. He don't bounce no grace either. <laughs> it's by the riches of his grace. <laughs> Bezos don't have nothing on God in the riches of grace. Man, Gates cannot compare to the riches of grace. Let's get our priorities right. <laughs> Let's receive the riches of God's grace on today. And look at this. We talked about grace. Grace and wellness go hand in hand. We said that wellness was the act of practicing healthy habits on a daily basis to attain better physical and mental health outcomes. So that instead of just surviving, you are thriving. Grace allows you to practice healthy habits to thrive. That's what wellness is about. Wellness doesn't come without grace. Grace doesn't come without forgiveness. Forgiveness doesn't come without someone paying a price. That's the blockchain you need to be worried about. <laughs> the blockchain of grace. He connects it. He connects it. It repeats. It grows. It increases. It doesn't have dips. It keeps going up. It keeps going up. It keeps going up. Grace keeps expanding. It keeps abounding towards us. And that grace that continually abounds, ascend, abound means ascends. Y'all seen the charts for stock market and, and trading? <laughs> you see that it goes up and down, up and down, up and down. Well, it's like this. Grace is abounds and abounds. No dips. You can jump off if you want, but he doesn't dip. Mm -hmm. And the reason why grace continuously abounds is because of his love. Love breaks the barriers so that we can be relationally well with Christ and one another. 1 Corinthians 13 and 7. Love. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. I'm reading from the Amplified. It endures everything without weakening. 
verse 8a, the very first part of verse 8, where I'll stop with this. It says, love never fails. It never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. That's ever-expanding grace, fueled by the octane of love. That's what love does. Love helps us to grow in every situation of life. Love allows us to grow even during a pandemic. When you come under the banner of his love, his banner of his love brings adoption. His banner of his love brings forgiveness. His banner of his love gives ever-abounding grace. So understand, we're going to talk about love in these layers. God has really fired us up today. And I pray you really receive the heart of what the Spirit is saying to you. Break these barriers off. Break it off. Anything that tries to come to oppress you in mind, in body, in finance, or in relations, God is speaking that he is breaking it off by his love. He is springing in the sunshine of his glory on your life. There's many layers to love. We have what's called agape. I know you heard the word agape in the past. Agape. You have a lot of ministries named agape. Agape means unfailing love. Mm -hmm. It's a deeper sense of true unfailing love. One thing we have to understand that we must take agape as unconditional love. Love is not unconditional. Love is unfailing. There are conditions to receive the love. The conditions of love is to accept it. You have to accept the love that he sheds towards us, that he, that he shines towards us. You have to open your heart and your spirit to receive the love that he is fueling towards your life. He loves us, but he has requirements for us. He will give us these blessings. He chose us from the foundation of the world, but the biggest condition required for receiving the unfailing love of God is to accept it. You have to accept it. The world is full of judgmental oppression where they won't accept you. They won't even offer anything towards you. They have their private clubs and their private networks and you're not allowed in. Now they're trying to do that. Well, they've been trying to do that. They have been doing that since the inception of this nation. Making a class system where you have the haves and the have-nots. Where you can give 
a thousand acres to this one person of this one makeup and ethnic background. But you fight tooth and nail to get someone $1,400. God's love is not like that. That's the kind of love that fails. That's a failed love. A failed love is a love that doesn't disperse unto you regardless of how, what kind of position you are to accept it. They want to give you a chance to even receive it. That's the world system. We saw in this early part of the very first week of this year how people were angry and used Jesus Christ, his name in vain, to kill, to steal, and to destroy democracy because they didn't want people to receive the love that God has for every citizen of this country. God's love is unfailing. It doesn't, it has conditions, but once you receive it, it will never end. It never ceases. It never stops. It's eternal. So when God says he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That belief is the key to the unfailing scepter of God's love. That opens a door for us. <laughs> if you can't believe, you cannot receive. Many people don't believe that God could love them for who they are. God doesn't love you because of your account status. He doesn't love you because of the kind of house you live in or the car you drive or the neighborhood you live. Mm -hmm. He chose you before this stuff was even in existence. So he would never base his love for you on material things because he loved you before there was even any material thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's so much to comprehend. It's so, his love is so much to comprehend. Satan would have you to think that you can live any kind of way and you'll still be loved. You know, you can be rude, you can be disrespectful, and you can be hateful and everything like that. But when God's love, which never fails, if you open up and receive it, he will transform you. He will break those barriers of you doing any kind of thing you want, treating any people any kind of way. The reason why God said love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength as the first commandment, and number two is love your neighbor as yourself, is because he has an unfailing love to help you do that. Mm -hmm. It's like gas at a gas tank. <laughs> You put the you, you take the fuel pump, you take the little handle and you put it into the car. That fuel have you ever had that fuel tank run out from the tank? It's not I've never in my life, and I've been driving since I was 15. Bought my first car when I was 16. 
there has never been an occasion where the fuel tank at the gas station didn't have enough fuel in it to fill up my tank. The same thing with God's love, but there's a condition to receive it. You have to open the fuel tank. Hallelujah. Amen. You have to open the fuel tank in order to receive the fuel. You have to open your heart to receive what God has so that you can run in the optimization that you have been designed to get to have. Satan wants you to run on an empty tank. When you run on an empty tank of unforgiveness, when you run on a, a tank of strife, when you run on an empty tank, all these things, when the, when the gas is running out of a car, all the dirt and all the things that are at the bottom of the, of the tank, they say never let your car run out of gas because all the crust at the bottom of that tank, it starts to come up and process through the engine. <laughs> and that's what causes excessive wear and tear on your engine. So God is there to fuel you so that the things that you should be purged of doesn't come to the surface and destroy the engine of your mobile. It'll go out. It just won't purge it. It won't go through your engine. Just recently, I had to do uh, get a brake job, uh, you know, routine maintenance. They say one of the calipers on my brakes in the rear, it, you know, the brake pads were, were good. Yep, I'm good. I got plenty of pads, plenty of, plenty of thickness. But the caliper that is supposed to move when you push on the brake, it wasn't moving. Many of us are padded up really well, but the thing that allows the pad to move is broken. Yeah, you said, I, I, got, I, I got forgiveness. I can forgive. You know, yes, I can do this. You say you have all this stuff, but there's something in you that's stuck that won't allow you to make that thing operate right. If that makes sense. That's what the adversary tries to do. He tries to block components of your being so that the unfailing love of God can operate at its fullest in your vehicle, in your identity, in your makeup. Look, the unfailing love is uh, so much here. The unfailing love is when you bring the righteousness of God, the passionate heart of our Savior, into your personal situation, no matter how extreme it is. No matter how, I was, Prophet Shante and I, we were talking recently to uh, a very trusted, wonderful uh, spiritual friend. And we were talking about how low our lives became because of the adversary coming to sift us as wheat. But no matter how low we became, even in our lowest moments, God's love never failed because we remain open to receive regardless of our personal situation. It was a love of God that fueled us along in some of the most difficult situations of our life. Amen. That's unfailing love. 
that spiritual blessing because when there's no physical blessing around, the spiritual blessing keeps moving and it moves you to the place of material blessing. Where you can say, love lived at me. Oh, love lived at me. When nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. Oh, love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Praise Jesus. Let the love of God, which never fails, lift you, reward you, chase you, and bless you. Back to you, Prophet Shantae. Let it chase you and let it catch you. Let this be a let this be a time where you stop running from the unfailing love of God. Have you ever been chased by somebody that you wanted to catch you? Let this be a time where you say, God, I'm going to slow down because I want you to catch me. I want your love, your unfailing love to truly overtake me. I maybe have not experienced what everybody is, is telling me about this love of God that exceeds my hurts, that exceeds the trauma that I may have experienced in life, that exceeds physical ailments that I might be going through. I've yet to experience this unfailing love. God, I open up today. I widely receive you. I open my heart to accept this unfailing love that you want to pour out today. You said that it is freely given, and so I'm going to freely receive it. I'm going to get greedy when it comes to accepting this unfailing love. I'm going to be the first in line today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you today. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Father, for being the God of all flesh. Thank you, Lord, for being the God of grace. Thank you, Lord, for being the one who holds our world in your hands. Father, I pray that the message on today would in, in strengthen, it would increase, and it would strengthen hearts. I pray, Father God, that those who have felt the sting of rejection, those who have felt the coldness of isolation, those, Father, who have been pushed out and pushed away and pushed aside, God, that they would receive and feel your acceptance on today. That they would know beyond a shadow of a doubt 
that they are yours and you are theirs. That there is no barrier. You said in your word, Father, that nothing, living or dead, nothing, angelic or demonic, nothing today or tomorrow or in the life present, the life to come, nothing high or nothing low, nothing thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can come between us and your love because of the way that Christ Jesus has embraced us, because of the way he accepts us. And so we thank you for this word on today, Father. We pray that the embrace, that your embrace would be felt today in Jesus' mighty name, Yeshua HaMashiach, the bright and the morning star. Oh, yes. We pray that your people, which is all people, your humanity, the ones you created, that they would receive and embrace the unfailing love that you have for them. In Jesus' name, we believe and we wholeheartedly receive. Amen. Well, bless God for the words today. Receive. God was prophesying to you today, to us today. There's so much to cover in our lesson, but we just want to pause when the Spirit of God is speaking. And he spoke about his love and about his acceptance of us. Let us go and bask in that acceptance today. Amen. God bless you and enjoy your continuance of this springtime. Amen. Amen. I see the